0: welcome to 12 questions oh my god what a day so many zooms for this girl so early uh and I'm really excited to see the lovely spiritual face of my co-host Mr. Dave Yates hardly
1: spiritual but it is a face it's good to be in the zoom it's a good
0: face it's a good face it's a good face face. it's Um, a face it's a face I have a face wait could you read that beautiful clarity statement for us
1: can do. Welcome to 12 Questions, where a podcast where really growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences with guests who do the same, where we're not affiliated with AA, NA, or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We are simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to give hope to anyone struggling. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of this podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves and each by listening.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, today is a really special episode. We're going to do some listener questions. Yeah, we, we got some, get... we got some
1: listener cues.
0: We got some listener cues. And if you, uh, if we didn't get to your question, we will get to it. I'll find it somewhere. Um, but uh, we're just going to start off hot with our listener questions. I'm going to get started. Um, this one is, uh, let's see. What have you missed slash did you miss the most about the in-person meetings? And I'm gonna say this came from IRL. We're gonna call that person IRL. Okay. Uh, so so Dave, what uh what is it, what is the one thing that you you do you miss about in-person meetings and in Schmerson? Well,
1: well thank you, uh quote unquote IRL for the question. Um it's good to be answering these questions. We do read them and listen to them and uh so we're gonna to try to do our best to give some kind of uh response that maybe gives you some hope uh, but for me what did i miss what do i miss about in-person meetings It's just it's what i'm familiar with it's what i'm used to i got mm-hmm. sober on in-person meetings um you know i mean there's a litany of things i miss from the smell of the church basement to the burnt ass coffee that you just can't i was can't... just gonna say this yeah smell. yeah, yeah just you just can't smell. get it you can't recreate it it's like maybe if you have like a like a third edition book of your choosing and, old, you your, and you stick your yeah, and you stick floor. your nose in it, and then you 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 overcook your coffee. Yes. in the pot, mm-hmm. you can and then, and then maybe chain smoke a little bit of cigs. You can mm-hmm. kind of recreate that atmosphere, but it's just like it's the familiarity, you know. Like and uh, I think for me, it took some doing for the Zooms meetings to set in. But once I just reserved myself to kind of like back when I first got sober, it's like, well, this is what I have to do to stay sober. You know, I found a, a home group of people that met Monday, Wednesday, and Friday via the Zoom space, and I I was religious about it, especially for the first oh six to twelve months of 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 the pan the pandy, you know. Um, and that's you, you know, so you can translate in person to Zoom meetings in that way, like. I mean, I went to this meeting whether I was in the car, whether I was in my house, whether I was walking. Like, that's what I was taught uh, in the beginning to do with in-person meetings. It was like, your home group is the group that you never miss unless you're in the hospital or dead. You know, I mean, obviously that's a little bit dramatic, but yeah. that's, I mean, that's how it was conveyed to me. So it's like, I I treated the in-person or the zoom meetings just like the in-person meetings and i found it a little easier to swallow than letting my own character defects go well this isn't the same so i don't get nothing from it which is a valid thought and you know i know i've had it and i've heard many other people have it but i mean i can only speak for this alcoholic it's just like i needed it i didn't care what it looked like
0: yeah 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 i i i actually controversial opinion I like the Zoom meetings. I love it because then I don't have an excuse. It's on my phone, it's everywhere I go. So like I found myself in my home group on Monday. I wasn't, I was on my way back from someplace and I just popped on and they were like, can you read? And I said, no, I'm driving. And they were like, that's cool. And I, I really enjoy it because for me, like a lot of my recovery life was based at night and I'm a comedian now, so I work at night. So it's nice to be able to uh squeeze my meetings in while I'm out and about and um and it is different I do miss the smell I do it is the weird smell it's like you know that scene in fight club where they're like you can smell where a fight club's been I can walk into a room and be like oh yeah they had meetings here and it is that it smells of- like
1: tears and fucking burnt,
0: burnt coffee brute cuz old men love a brute you know what i mean mm-hmm. a little bit of like mm-hmm. old man cologne they love a musk they oh, love a us. musky yeah yeah and like Little
1: old-timer musk i mean a, even an old-timer lady love a love a good strong
0: a perf good, a good a good strong eternity by calvin klein you know what i mean mm. just like really coming in hot smelling good um you know because we i think a lot of that too comes from like we're so funky out in these streets when we first get here um oscar also can tell the smell um but uh we're so funky that we like really take pride in our appearance and stuff it even smells like starched jeans like Mm -hmm. people get people get sober and clean and they they out here you know they're so proud yeah Mm -hmm. they're so proud they're so proud and so um the smell um i do occasionally miss the hug i do an air hug a lot over meetings dave and i were in a meeting this morning and i was like air hugging people hard i love an air hug
1: like uh, I miss a I miss a hug from people I know, but I've yeah. been to some I've been to a, a lot of in person meetings, you know, recently just because mm-hmm. travel and stuff have opened up a little bit. I'm still very particular about where I go and put myself involved, sure. but mm-hmm. I don't even like at the end of some twelve step meetings, like uh, it is commonplace to circle up and hold hands or circle up and put your hands on each other's backs to show Mm -hmm. unity Mm -hmm. and i ain't about that life anymore i stand up in the circle and i put my hands behind my back you know kind of like i'm getting cuffed like i'm getting cuffed I don't even, I step back and I put my head down and, and I do whatever prayer my choosing. And that's, I'm cool with that. Like, that's, yeah. like, so let's, like, I, I, it's, it brings up this question, too. Is there anything that you didn't miss about in person meetings? Because oh there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of that, too. I, like, there's oh. certain things I did not miss whatsoever.
0: Um, I don't miss the guy who blows the light aggressively and then pretends like he didn't like blows the light, pardon me, like, like blows the timer aggressively. And then just says, I acknowledge the t- timer and then shares for like 10 more minutes in a zoom. You can kind of like, you can kind of play them off a little bit if they get a little crazy. Um, I don't miss, uh, I do not miss again, uh, creepy, creepy dude hugs, uh, guys who don't know you very well, who want to get a real close hug uh, or the occasional kiss on the cheek. I'm like, this is not Italy. Get out of here. Um, I, I I don't miss commuting, uh, especially if you live in a city, you know, the commute area of it all is, is rough. Um, parking, you know, just little inconveniences here and there, like being in a meeting with somebody and just being like, uh, you know, at least you could turn off your camera. If you're a little, if you're a little funky in a Zoom meeting, you can just turn off your camera and just like kind of space out if somebody's sharing some cuckoo bananas. Um, but yeah, I don't miss those things. What things do you not miss?
1: Um, I, I mean, I don't miss, I mean, and it's to a lesser extent with me. Um, I don't miss sharing about something that is, is painful and then having people rush up to you oh, and get your yeah. personal space afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and it's happened, like, you know, I mean, I'm not a female in the program and I, I I acknowledge that that's fucking awful and dude shouldn't do that shit. But I mean, I've had a lot of like old women approach me after meetings and try to tell me, like when I was sharing, I, like I do a bit about it now, but like like I shared about my father and his passing and I had an old lady approach me and, and just get up in my business like waving her god boner around and it's like i got no problem with a higher power or god but it's like sometimes after a meeting you just want to be out on the sidewalk talking about life and not yeah like you don't need to throw on your super woman or man cape and then come up to me you know and i I mean i had to start sharing in in in-person meetings like don't please don't come up to me after after this and I know you mean well, but I ain't trying to hear that shit right now. And that's, it's just a boundary. And I think a lot of times that people in person meetings, and I mean, you know, it is doable in the zoom space as well, where, you know, people DM people or take their names off the phone list. I mean, it, the, the the cross section is there, but I just, I think in person meetings, it's just like, even if you, sometimes, even if you say, don't come up to me, it's just the same as that, that person blowing the timer. Yeah. They'll still feel justified because they're trying to be of service, of service, instead of like acknowledging like, hey, that person said, leave me alone. You know, yeah. that person said, I'm not trying to hear this right now. You know, uh, so yeah. I don't, I don't miss that at all. Um, and that's just, uh, I mean, that's, that's recovery in general. Like I, I, yeah. there's people mean well, and I don't know where I picked up this phrase, but like, I, I really like it and it sounds a little religious, but it's like the road to hell was paved with good intentions. Like I know the intentions are good. Um, but especially when, you know, you've just announced like, don't come up to me. And then people still do that shit anyways. It's like, do I have to scream at you? Do I have to do something I'm going to have to make an amends for just so you'll leave me the fuck alone?
0: Yeah. And that's valid. I think it's valid. I also think it's like, you know, sometimes we just have to reiterate like, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I don't really want to talk about that. Like, and I, I definitely have been the welcome way like wagon captain save a hoe in a meeting. And it made me think of this moment where I was, um, I had like four or five years and this woman in a really big meeting, like over a hundred people shared how she was single and lonely and wanting to date. And my brain just was like. During
1: during the non-program announcements or during the program announcements? During or her just share, her? just like oh, getting boy.
0: in there, having a good time. And I was just like, you in danger, girl. Like, I was like, you can't just be sharing that up in here. You're going to end up with kids and all kinds of her, shit you didn't the want. Yeah, the herp Yeah. You know, this is a high risk population, Mama. You better run. And I um, mean,
1: may I ask? May I ask what was what was a ballpark age for this person?
0: Oh, early twenties, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oops. And and I mentioned it to her. And she was like, "I didn't. I want you to tell me that." And I was like, "Okay, it's fine." Mm-hmm. And then I just like ran off. So I think too, it's like, yeah, people are paved in good intentions, and I and I, but yeah, it can be a little bit like, oh, I don't want to have that conversation. So it is. It is tough. It is tough. But did, Dave, you want to take that next question?
1: Sure. The last thing I'll share about because I mean I like this topic because I, I, I know one, you love uh, it. I um I was in an I went to an in person in Tacoma, Washington, and I showed up to the spot and it was like a hall that was like off the beaten path a little bit in like the hood. And I love I love going to meetings wherever I can. And I'm sitting out front. And this dude walks up and he was clearly like coming down off of something and it was this older dude and he started yelling you tell everybody in that building stop talking shit about me if they want to come outside right now i'll kill him with a katana sword and then he started kicking the air and doing karate moves and i'm sitting there on the stoop of this meeting i must have been there like maybe 15 or 20 minutes before start time and i'm just saying I'm just smiling at and looking at him and saying i hear you man i hear you so you don't Best really get ever. that. You don't really get the <laughs> the guy coming down off a of meth uh, in the Zoom meeting. And that might be t- to your liking, but I mean, that's just the spice of, of recovery yeah. that you can find. I
0: do miss the wild newcomer energy. Cause people, cause some people hate that. They're like, oh my God, how could this happen now? Why is this <laughs> happening? And I'm always just like, come on in crazy. I need to see it. (laughs) I need to
1: see it. I need to see it. And it's like, it's not in a selfish way, but it's just like that. That's what waits for me. I mean, on the real, that's what waits for me. If I go back out, I'm going to be that old man that's coming down off of meth or whatever my choice is. And I'm going to be karate kicking outside of a meeting. And then like the people from the meeting who showed up to open the room were like, Oh, Johnny, shut the fuck up. And he's like, all right. And then they he came into the meeting, sat down and ate his microwave meal and didn't bother nobody. Had like a little crazy share, but like he didn't interrupt the meeting. That's why it's like, yeah. you know, uh, some program literature states like no one has sunk too low to be cordially welcomed, you know? Right. And as, as hey, as long as you're not causing anybody any danger or duress, you could be yeah. as crazy as you want to be and, and sit there and hopefully something wedges its way into your brain, Yeah. so
0: absolutely
1: absolutely the next question on here um this is from uh anonymous you know these questions we appreciate all of them so hopefully no one takes it personally that we're not announcing who you are but uh here's here goes i really love your podcast thank you Uh, my question for you is what is a myth you believed about yourself Uh, and they went on to share uh, i'll share mine when i was in high school my boyfriend at the time used to tell me i wasn't funny And I remember telling him that other people thought I was funny and tried to convince him that I was in fact humorous. Maybe not a comedian, but funny. It was a no-go. And so for years afterwards, I really believed that I wasn't funny. I'm a teacher now. And when I was student teaching, my supervisor wrote me a recommendation letter. And in it, she described me as someone with a quiet sense of humor. And I was like, oh, am I funny? Eight years later, I have finally broken the myth that I am not funny. So what's a surprising- yeah, I love that. That's it's a full circle. So thank you for the question and the and the share. Um, so Anna, what is a myth you believed about yourself?
0: Oh my gosh. I believed i have a, I've had a few of them. I've had to really break break through some weird myths in my time. Uh, in the second grade, I had a teacher tell me that I was bad at art. And I believed that. And the truth is, is I have ADHD and dysgraphia, so physical modalities can be a little difficult for me. But I'm a comedian and a writer now, so suck it, second grade teacher, Mrs. Brown. I'll never forget you. Um, and uh, I believe this one. I gonna love be... that
1: it's Mrs. Brown. You know, because there's a Mr. Brown and one of the and one of the books of recovery for the resentment.
0: Oh yes, yes. Mrs. Brown. What's Mrs. the Brown. cause?
1: Told me I sucked at art.
0: Told me I sucked at art, and um, I uh, this one's really heavy, Dave. Are you ready?
1: I a family uh, member
0: tell me when my dad died that they thought the reason why my dad got a very rare illness, like only seven hundred, it's called uh, multiple systems atrophy. Like only like seven hundred people a year in the US get it. There's no research behind it because it's so fucking rare and um she told me that she thought i got he died he got sick because he and i got in an argument and he had a stroke and which by the way no one went to the hospital he just sat down she believed he had a stroke that went untreated and that's the reason why my dad got sick and died and i also it was your fault it was so it was my fault yeah i was 17. Mm -hmm. and i emotionally believed a logically irrational thing and um for oh god eight to ten years i had to it took me eight to ten years in recovery and therapy to unfuck that and um it was one of the hardest things to admit that i believed that like irrationally like emotional beliefs and rational beliefs are completely different right And so I had this belief in my grief that I was responsible for my dad dying and I was a terrible person and, Mm -hmm. um, breaking through that was huge. And even after, even after going to therapy, I remember my sponsor at the time, I wrote that on my eight step and she, she took a, a Sharpie out of her purse. She hands me, she, she takes my eight step and she crossed that out and she wrote on the side. She goes, I want you to write down, I was a child, I was not in charge. And so I believed a lot of the things that I carried guilt and shame over were um, my responsibility that were not, and consequently spent my adult life running from responsibility uh, around my bad behavior uh, that was my, you know, things I had to, that were on me. And so um, that was a huge thing breakthrough what about you dave sorry that was like heavy <laughs> oh no. no,
1: we get heavy around these parts mm-hmm. i mean the the things people say surrounding grief to the grieving are some of the most ass backwards atrocious shit that ever gets said to human beings yeah i know. don't know
0: if he even had a stroke he was probably having a panic attack
1: i mean shout out to your dad for being like my dad where it was like. It really took a lot for him to be like, I might need to go to the doctor. You know, I once
0: watched him duct tape his thumb back together while serving tri-tip sandwiches off the back of a truck. Like he he was, he was wild like that.
1: I mean, my, (laughs) my dad split his nose open in the rail yard and tried to sew it back closed by himself. You know, he was that kind of dude.
0: Um,
1: I don't know. There's, I mean, there's been a lot of myths that I, I, I've worked through over the 10 years. Um, The first one is like knowing what I like thinking that I know uh, what other people how other people should operate that uh, the unrealistic expectations that was a big one for me when I did my first four step is, you know, for me, because I try to be helpful, loving and kind. And I have sometimes unrealistic expectations of the people around me that just because Dave would do something a certain way doesn't mean everybody's gonna, no matter how obviously. quote-unquote correct, it might seem, or obvious that someone could suit up and show up. I had to unlearn that. I had to unlearn that. And and I'm currently revisiting that character defect of mine is unrealistic expectations. You know, like I tend to mourn futures that don't exist anymore instead of letting them go, you know, and, you know, surrounding uh, my own grief. It's like I had to unlearn the myth that I that I knew how to grieve because I didn't, and ninety percent of Americans do not know how to grieve because we're fucking piss poor at it. So I had to I had to accept the the that the you know the five stages of grief or five stages of grief was not a sufficient model for me. Like I picked up a book called The Grief Recovery Handbook and uh, I started reading it. And I'm like, oh shit, like so I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong in thinking that people say dumb shit to you, but you know, we don't know how to grieve because our experiences with grief is just like, oh, you know, that person's sad, just leave them alone. Like you're supposed to grieve alone in silence, you know, or like if like a pet dies, you're supposed to just get another pet, you know, um, And it's like, so really working through the causes and conditions surrounding that grief, because I I didn't address it for a lot, uh, for at least a full year almost um, after my father passed, because I am completely capable of numbing my pain, whatever it is, with work, because I I have workaholism, (laughs) you know? I had to unlearn that myth that workaholism, albeit a a noble characteristic, because you work hard and you're hustling and you keep money in your pocket and you take care, of all your expect it's like workaholism to me is just the same as like if i had uh, if i use sex to kill the pain or anger or overeating it's like i can i can always be out in these streets because my depression manifests differently than most people it's like i have to be around people Ooh. to sensory overload so i don't feel um right. and i can do that with the road i can do that with uh, a service, you know, uh, I, I can do it with a lot of, I guess, intrinsically good things, but I, I misuse them because I want to avoid the feelings. So, like, moving through feelings instead of putting them on the shelf is something I had to unlearn. You know, like, um, and two, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get very specific here. Uh, that for the listener question, broken the myth that I wasn't funny. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Uh, listener question person um, in my experience the funniest people on this planet don't think they're very funny at all yeah yeah and the people that think they're the fucking shit at being funny are the most dog shit at humor (laughs) it's just the way it goes and (laughs) And I have to like two
0: professional funny people (laughs) and, and
1: I have to remind myself when I'm feeling not funny it's just like Yeah, that's a natural feeling because like you don't have a gigantic ego about it. And I have to, I check my, like I, when I'm talking to other people, it's just like, I know I have to say it. Like, I know I'm funny. I'm as funny as this body can be in the 11 years that I've been doing this job and the experiences that I have. I I don't get it twisted. I I only know as much as this one comedian experiencing his own life in the job knows. But I definitely know like... Like you can be funnier than people. Like you can go like, I'm funnier than that person. Like you don't have to tell yeah. them that, but yeah. you can in your head sit there and be like, oh yeah. Like a, you'll hear a lot of comedians origin mm-hmm. stories where they got brought to a comedy club and they saw some dipshit bombing and they're like, I can do better than that. And that's how they started their careers. So like, you know, in the recovery programs, you know, we talk about keeping your ego right size. And I think that's a lot more accurate than, than some people will tote smash the ego. Cause if I smash my ego completely, I don't take care of myself and I don't think I'm worth anything. But right. if I keep my ego right size, I can be like, all right, I'm good at this and I don't need to rub it in anybody's faces, but like I, I am. I'm, I'm very good at this job and I've yeah. worked very hard at that. And that's some of my issues that I have to work through. The myth that I, I can't give myself credit for the things that I've done. Like I have to right. unlearn that, that it's okay sometimes to be like, hey, you're good at this. Or hey, like they're lucky to have you. Or hey, you're worth this amount of money. And that's, you know, you have to learn all, uh, unlearn that that myth, especially surrounding comedy or just self-worth in general. It's just like you right. are worth The best in life you are worth recovery you are worth feeling good about yourself you are worth saying hey self like you're pretty good
0: yeah yeah and i think i think that's really important i think too it's like there are hold up i gotta cut this out Sorry. street sweeper. Um, No worries. It
1: was about the 24 minute mark, 25.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Um, The, uh, I think too, some people are intimidated by other people's joy and fun. And I mean, it can be like a joke, like in my own relationship, it is actually, it makes my boyfriend laugh harder when I don't laugh at his jokes. And when I give him like a hard time about it, he he really seems to enjoy that. So I'll just look at him and be like, stop. Uh, and he, he really likes that. Um, but there is, uh, I think in relationships sometimes I I don't want to say it's abusive, but it's definitely like not nice in a relationship. I had a boyfriend tell me once that I wasn't funny and that I laughed too loud. Why do you laugh so loud? And I was like, why are you trying to shit on my joy? Like, what about you can't have joy? Like you jerk. And, um, and so I think a lot of times, too, that's just still a, a little bit of fragility on that dude's part, just being kind of a bummer. And uh, that's why we don't. Uh, some people marry their high school sweethearts. Most of us don't for a reason. Um, so yeah, I hope that, of that get young the fuck man out of town. got some therapy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah yeah he either got therapy or he tried to overthrow the government in january so like we don't know like that's but that's like an aggressive that's an aggressive like response like you're not funny like fuck you you don't get to define what funny is i don't there's comedians i don't think are funny you know like
1: i i I say this all the time i can sit in the back of the room and learn something from even the worst of the worst you know like i'll sit at i'll sit at any random club in la in the back and be like, instead of being like, oh, fuck that guy. He's not funny or I'm funnier than him. It's just like, well, he's there and I'm not. So like, what is he doing or she or they, what are they doing that I could learn from? And I remember simply one time, and this was back when I was coming up, like I was sitting in the back of the room and the comic that was on stage, Uh, I didn't like anything he was doing because it just was kind of like a hacky character, right? But throughout the weekend, I noticed that that person... Stood at the very back of the stage with their back against the wall in kind of like a you know relaxed posture. Yeah. And then I talked to him. I said, "Why do you why do you sit all the way at the back of the stage?" He goes, "Well, I want to make sure everybody can see me. I want to make sure that the people on the because you know it's like a like a horseshoe sometimes uh-huh. where the people on the right and the left of the stage are kind of like only getting your side profile." And he's like, you know, I sit at the back of the stage so that even the people on the right and left of me can see what I'm doing with my faces, with my hands and things like that. So instead of standing tippy toe at the front of the stage, you know, if you sit if you sit all the way back back against the wall, and that just depends on what kind of style of comedy you do, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like I learned something. I learned that, okay, this is a conscious decision you can make on um, where I stand on the stage.
0: I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. And I'm ready for our next beautiful question. Get it. Um, this is... Okay, so here, I'm going to read the question. What advice would you have for someone struggling to find a new higher power? And I'm going to call this person HP. Um, yeah, HP. Uh, new well, first, power. that's a
1: great question. and great and question. And kudos to even having a first higher power, you know, I mean, hopefully I'm not misreading the context of the question, but finding a new higher power means that you had one to begin with. So there was yeah. willingness to begin with. So props to that, because I mean, there's many people that don't even get to that point.
0: And it could be that they're like a religious person, like okay. that they came from um, some sort of like gnarly religious upbringing. And I think that um, my my answer on higher power stuff is always like, is that I wasn't raised religious. My dad was like a recovering Catholic human. And um, I I would just say, you know, they say the honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. But the other thing I say is like, just don't think that hard about it, but it's hard. I don't want to dismiss anybody who has like serious religious based trauma. Um, but I would just say like, for me, I pray to experience my higher power on a daily basis and rather than try to know exactly who my higher power is and its face and its language and its dialogue to just experience it to know to be okay with the unknown of my higher power because there's a lot I don't know about myself what makes me think I can know everything about my higher power all my higher power has to be is kind and loving and like not you know uh, not something that can, is that it's going to cause harm to me or others. That's it. That's it. And I, I, so I would just say like, if you're inclined and you also don't have to have a higher power, I've had moments in my recovery where I'm like, maybe there's just like nothing and I'm an atheist, who cares? You know, I think questioning and reimagining and redesigning. And I think that's all valuable and part of the process. And, and I think it's, um, i mean i i envy the certainty of people who are like i have a god of my understanding who i call doorknob and doorknob looks like this and always communicates to me like so and this and that and like i envy that person because there's a certainty there that does not work for my emotional spiritual mental constitution you know it's like my higher power is constantly surprising me with moments where like I yesterday, I walked into this. Um, I signed up for this like back uh, bone alignment uh, free trial thing, and the minute I walked into the into the building, the power went out on the whole block. I mean, literally, I walked in and the lights went out, and I was like, "Well, yes, I don't." And honestly, it's probably the weather, but here's the better story: what my hair power just doesn't want me to waste my money. <laughs> just go home ho. <laughs> right. and i was like and because of that it wasn't like oh i missed my free thing it was just like oh well like i'm gonna take that into consideration and when i walked out there was an acupuncture place with a hot deal next door and i was like oh maybe i'll do that instead <laughs> you know and so it's just like looking for those moments of like happy accidents for me is really helpful dave how about you
1: yeah and i think um the key to higher power conversations for this alcoholic is 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 honesty i've had higher powers i've lost them i've shared in a meeting you know like i fucking don't believe in shit right now and that's okay you know like the group of drunks has always been a sufficient higher power for me um you know so to find a new higher power like for me i'm capable of lying in a meeting to you to anybody about what I think I believe in. I'm capable of saying all the right things so you think I'm okay, especially regarding spirituality and a higher power. So I'd rather someone say, I don't really have a fucking higher power right now and um, I'm living proof you can sit in a meeting and fucking hate God and still stay sober. That is your right as a human is to not feel any type of way that you don't want to. However, I know for me that in the seeking and the research of the, of, the, of the investigation of like trying to, to, to seek what I think my spirit of the universe is, I find comfort in the seeking. You know, I look at uh, spirituality much like I, I look at like something like the news per se or music. It's like there's so many different genres there's so many different news channels you just try to find the ones that feels feel decent to you and that's where you get the news it doesn't mean you can't change the channel it doesn't mean you can't listen to a different genre of music or listen to multiple genres of music you just find the honesty within yourself to be like this feels good this don't feel good i say this this feels okay i say this this doesn't make me feel okay you know like i've been saying a, pr- a prayer recently and i'm not the biggest praying guy on the planet some days my prayers are only universe thanks for keeping me sober today please put some in my life that i could help it's just as simple as that but the one i've been saying recently uh, is a friend passed on to me is uh, god and you can fill in the blank with god i mean there's so many proper nouns in spiritual literature like god spirit of the universe creator father of light like just to name a few sunlight of the spirit all capitalized all proper nouns so they're interchangeable Uh, But, uh, God, please please help me not carry anger and hurt. Thank you for protecting me now rather than later. Although I don't know what your plan for me is, I trust you. And even though you know I'm lying, please help me anyway. And that last sentence for me really seals the deal. Because it's like I'm mostly lying when I reach out to a higher power. And I'm just trying to sometimes do it just to fit that. That task or the suggestion of twelve-step recovery, uh, but I think in the acknowledgement of I don't really fully believe in this shit, but I'm doing it anyways. That's a place of honesty that gets me across across the next hump in my in my road, you know. Um, and and really, the seeking of how many different ways human creatures have been spiritual throughout the beginning of time is vast, you know it doesn't, if it's the church for you, wonderful. For me, I, if every time I've been in a church post getting sober, I've never felt like I was going to burst into flames. I never felt like I either didn't or did belong there. I can be there and I can acknowledge it. And it's like some, some of the literature says like, see where religious people are right. They're not all right. And there's some atrocious religious people out there. So if religion's not your bag, don't do it. If religion is your bag, do it. Like that's, the higher power, especially finding a new higher power, because the higher power you come in with doesn't have to be the one that you keep. Doesn't, it doesn't. If, if we are to believe that this is a power greater than ourselves, then it can take all the hate that I have to dish to it. It can take all the love I request from it. It has to be all or nothing as far as the conception of the vastness of what I can seek. You know, I, and uh, there's a comic, his name's Ryan Singer, and he runs a really fun podcast called Me and Paranormal You. And I don't think Ryan's in the program, but like his log line for that podcast is it's more fun to believe. And when yeah. I think about that in my life, like it was more fun to believe in Santa than to not believe in Santa. Like it was more fun to believe that I was going to be a professional base, uh, baseball player when I was growing up than to believe I was never going to amount to shit, yeah. you know? So it's like, Belief doesn't have to be this grandiose thing. It could just be like, for me, when I first completed the 12 steps, I was like, alright universe, if you help me get my life back, I promise I'll do whatever I can to help the next person. And that was a deal I made with whatever the fuck is out there and I, and I intend on keeping that deal. What keeps me from picking up on any given night is that if someone calls me at two in the morning and they need help. And I'm high or drunk, I won't be able to help them. And that's, I'm a man of my word being in recovery. And so at the, at the most minuscule level, that's a sufficient higher power for me. It's like, I made this deal with this entity I don't understand. So I'm going to keep up with that because my life, I got my life back. And it doesn't mean it hasn't been blown to shit at certain points in my recovery. But like, it gave me my life back when I asked it to. So my job is to carry that message to the person who just can't fucking take it anymore.
0: I love that. I love it. Abandon certainty, all ye who insert here at 12 Questions Podcast. Dave, this next question, our final question, is so for you. I'm so excited for you to read it.
1: Oh, boy. Hi, Ann and Dave. I love the show. Anna, I love your genuine enthusiasm for all things and wild cartoon energy. Dave, your deadpan snark and your dry wet is top notch. Thank you. I also appreciate how respectful you guys are to your guests and their boundaries. Granted, most of them are pretty frank or open about themselves, but it's good that you give them that option. I really like music. So I wanted to ask you about the kinds of music you guys listen to or just play in your head when you're feeling ways about stuff. What you hear when you're in such a good when, what you hear when you are in such a good mood or when you're sitting in your car feeling like shit but too weary to shed tears about it. When you're so sad, you taste blood from clenching your jaw or when you're curled up with your SO feeling like everything's right in the world. What music helps you in your recovery? Well, shout out to that question. Um, i uh, yeah, It's a good piggyback to I think music is a sufficient higher power. Uh, mm-hmm. I think... I think there are so many different genres of music, like I said, that if, if if you're not a believer in quote unquote, a God entity, you can believe in music. And for me, it helped me conceive of higher powers in general when I first got sober, because it doesn't matter what the genre of music is. It doesn't matter what country of origin. If you hear a funky beat, and I'm the type of person that I get goosebumps when I hear good music. I know that's not everybody but for me hearing something that i have no control over affecting my body in such a way is 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 definitely a power greater than me you know i could not even speak i i love listening to like latin jazz and stuff and i just i had, or or like maybe like some portuguese psychedelic rock and like i have no fucking idea what these folks are saying but i can hear it and I can feel it. So it's like that that emotion transcends language and it right. transcends like hu- like the human. Like it's just it's like it's 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 waves of of sound. Um so as far as me, I'm you know the thing I love almost as much as comedy if not more than comedy sometimes is music. And I don't say I love all music because I think that's kind of a cop out, but you can name a genre. And if I've heard of that genre, I can tell you something that I like out of it. And depending on the weather, depending on the season, depending on where I'm at, um, I listen to just about everything. You know, like sometimes in the winter months, uh, uh, you know, when you're feeling kind of down and dreary, like I listen to like a lot of ambient music. You know, like Mm -hmm. I listen to a group called Tycho or Bonobo or... Mm -hmm. Um I found a I found a guy recently who's was supposedly considered the the godfather of of ambient music um and I believe he put out an album in the 80s and his name was Hiroshi Yoshimura and mm-hmm. there's two albums one from 1982 called Music for Music for Nine Postcards and there's mm-hmm. another one from 1986 called Green and they're both beautiful sonic landscapes that you can put on headphones and be transported to something different, you know? Mm. So that's, that's, that's two musical suggestions. And two, if you're having struggles with meditation, when I first started learning how to meditate, I could only listen to just like ambient music with no words. Cause like I was hurting so bad sometimes that like, I can't listen to anything with lyrics. That's going to make me feel some type of way. When I listen to ambient music or instrumental music, like classical, like I can just enjoy the the pause that music can give my brain. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I could keep going, but let Anna, what, what kind of music are you jamming out to? Any recommendations?
0: I listen to, it, it's very funny. I had a friend tell me recently that like, she didn't think I liked music, which is weird. And oh, what so it she is, thought you
1: were a serial killer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. I listened to, I actually listened to uh, a lot of really obscure stuff. My, um, Again, uh, my dad had stuff. Really...
1: You've never heard of guys.
0: No, I, well, I listen to, well, <laughs> well, cause I watch a lot of anime. I listen to a lot of like, uh, composers for anime soundtracks. That's wonderful. Japanese music and stuff. So when I'm really, when I really need to change my energy, I made myself like a playlist and I'll be happy to put it in the show notes. It's, um, I call it anime bops and, um, it's just music I like from anime and it's a lot of Yuko Kano and the Sea belts and, um, and, uh, like the fully Cooly soundtrack and, and a lot of stuff that's like real upbeat, but, uh, also like some ambient stuff and stuff that's like, uh, very sad. There's a lot of, lot of stuff in there that I really like. So that's, that's kind of my first like pick me up go to. um, when I need to get a good cry in. I like a, um, I like a Nick cave in the bad seeds into my arms. I love mm. that. Um, I've seen Nick Cave twice, um, big fan. And um, I, uh, when I'm angry, I love this Aesop Rock song um, called, um, oh, it's, um, it's from, it's Save Yourself is the name of the song, Mm. Save Yourself. Um, and it's got. I love
1: Aesop Rocky's one of my favorites.
0: One, just one of my faves. Um, and like the Impossible Kid album's been really good too. That one yeah. came out a couple years ago. Um, his
1: new, his newest one called Spirit World Field Guide is phenomenal.
0: Oh really? Yeah, it's I like phenomenal. a lot of that, like nerdcore shit. Um, mm-hmm. And I, uh, there's the song. Um, I do. I, of course, if you're going to talk about Aesop Rock, you're probably going to talk about Atmosphere. Uh, a lot of Atmosphere. Mm-hmm. A lot of felt Brent, on the. There's a-
1: Brand new Atmosphere album just came out uh, and supposedly with the last uh, MF Doom feature. Rest in peace, MF Ooh. Doom. So if you listen to the new Atmosphere, the last track on that album, I believe the album is called What? Um, but don't quote me on that. But the newest Atmosphere album is very good and it's got an MF Doom feature at the back end of it.
0: Oh, my God. I love that. And there is a... Um... I mean, you could go back through that entire catalog and you're going to get a lot of, like, 12-steppy overtones. Um, Flugs struggled with addiction for a sh minute. And um, so you're going to get a lot of, like, songs about surrender and about the chaos of it all. Um, One of my, even though it's kind of silly, because it has a very, like... um, Somebody once told me, I I read on Twitter, like, uh, Lizzo is for people who like hip-hop that sounds like Sesame Street. And... um, and there is a, uh, a song called um, the best day. And it's about how your whole day can be total dog shit. And it's okay. Cause you're not alone. Um, Abbott brothers. Uh, somebody sent me when I was like in a pivotal part of my career and like terrified, somebody sent me the single of like true sadness. And that yep. whole album is so good. It's such a good, like, Getting in there, and also um, shout out to some ska songs. I had a bad gig the other day, and I was coming back yelling about ska and um, the Aquabats, Lobsters in a Bucket. I think that's a good song. Brandy just uh, turned me back onto that. I've uh, been been uh, introduced to a band called Bad Cop Bad Cop, um, and it's all about, especially if you're a lady, it's all about like being. It's like punk for people that like do therapy and want to be better. It's pretty right. great. <laughs> it's very, we went to their show and it was just like the most amazing thing in the world. So, um, yeah, my music taster, uh, Mavis Staples, You Are Not Alone is a good cried mm-hmm. out song. Get in there. Um, yeah. uh, but there's a lot of music out there that like, I think if you take an afternoon and make yourself a little playlist for your happy times and your sad times and your, you know, and all your times, uh, I think it's good. You know, get in there, get a little Beyonce lemonade in your life. Like have, be all over the place, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've been toting this around recently. There's that when people say, Oh, I have, this is my guilty pleasure music. It's like, no, fuck that. There is no guilty pleasure music. It's just, you, you have friends that don't understand joy. I hate, absolutely hate anybody who shits on anybody's brand of feel good music it yeah. doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter yeah. what it is my, some of my feel-good and some of my sad music is 90s country and it makes me feel good sometimes because I remember sitting in my dad's truck driving around, I sing. you know, I can sing any Alan Jackson song, I can sing any Brooks and Dunn, you know, and people like the country, it's like, well, you know, you're probably not listening to the right stuff. And even some people now, like that are making like actual country ass country or like traditional, what they're calling like outlaw country, which is just what it was meant to be. Anyways, it's like, you know, if you're listening to like Sturgill Simpson, you know, he just makes some really dope ass country music. He's got a great voice and, you know, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever checked this out since you love anime, but Sturgill Simpson has a whole album called Sound and Fury that goes along with a 47 minute anime that he made. Oh, so it's, nice called, it's called Sound and Fury by Sturgill Simpson. It's phenomenal. It start to, and it's not country. It's like sure. he's made albums that are country adjacent his entire career you know but i'm a big big sturgill simpson fan but sound and fury the the actual uh the anime is on netflix i think it should still be on netflix um and it's very it's very well done the music is phenomenal the the imagery is phenomenal um you know um i like uh i like a band called bad bad not good they're like a, a canadian jazz trio that does like dark jazz hip-hop and they've done a lot of like instrumental albums they put out a whole album with ghostface killer called sour soul i think it, uh, it came out in 2015. so bad bad not good plus ghostface uh, sour soul is a phenomenal album i love a good brian eno uh, he was a keyboard player in roxy music but he, he uh, got a lot of success doing ambient stuff uh, Brother Ali is another uh, rapper I love from the Rhymesayers. You can't go wrong with any of the Rhymesayers label, no. uh, which is like, you know, Atmosphere, Slug and Ant, they started this mm-hmm. label. And you've got Brother Ali, you've got Aesop Rock, you've got MF Doom to name just a short few. Uh, Murs, Felt, uh, mm-hmm. Felt, the newest Felt, Felt 4 is uh, oh, or Felt 5 is phenomenal. It's,
0: um, a, it's an album for drink it's a hip-hop album for drinking coffee in slow traffic mm-hmm. does that make sense like it's a hip sure ho- does. it's a hip-hop album for drinking coffee on a rainy day does that mm-hmm. it, it's very it's like a very chill like it really captures the energy of the surrender of the pandemic i think yeah yeah
1: um I, I I honestly I, I just have my uh, Apple music library and I'm just scrolling through. Uh Com Trues, so it's like Tom Tom Cruise, but Trus uh-huh. He makes phenomenal like eighty synth songs. It it literally it's like Tron music. Like remember oh, okay. when Daft Punk put out Tron? It's kinda yeah. like that, but like it's like really melodic, but like it's not so much bleep blop, but there's it's like a structural eighties, like it's like um like stranger things like on crack though uh-huh. you know and and there's a lot like, of slower like stuff and tempo stuff. Kind of stuff yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah so yeah. Calm trues is another recommendation uh if you want to be a sad bitch uh i think there's no better singer songwriter out there than damian dorado uh damian dorado did an album in 2011 called live at landlock and it's just him and an acoustic guitar. And I found out about Damien Gerardo uh, when I was still living in central Illinois. And I went to go watch a, a, a lady named Rebecca Rigo. Uh, and she has a band called Rebecca Rigo and the Trainmen, And she had a very wonderful song about drinking called Bury My Body. Um, and so I went to go see her open and then Damien Gerardo was there. And I had never heard of this guy. And he's like a six foot eight dude like a big lumbering dude with thick glasses and he sits down and plays this acoustic guitar and it's just wonderful singer songwriter vibes like really crush you Really, yeah. really like like uh like there's a couple tracks that I, I really like off live on off landlock, but like Diamond C and, you know, there's a, a a song about Thax Douglas who was a poet in Chicago. Um so that's, you know, phenomenal make you maybe feel some some sad type of way. I love a George Harrison. Uh, George Harrison was probably my favorite Beatle. All Things Must Pass is a very great spiritual, non-denominational album for maybe that question previously, looking for a new higher power. Um, I love a good James Blake. You know, the new James Blake album is good. Uh, And I remember it came out and I tweeted I'm like, oh, there's a new James Blake album. I guess I'm going to be crying in this airport today. I saw Um,
0: that. I saw that. I was like, that's the most Dave tweet ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love the classics too. I love a, jo- I love a Joe Cocker, you know, yeah. I love a, I love a, a you know, um, oh,
0: Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young right now. Give me some love sweet it. Judy blue eyes. Yeah. Uh, that's Crosby,
1: <laughs> Stills, Nash and Young. Phenomenal stuff. Um, you know, I, I really like, um, a lot of that, you know, eighties rock and roll kind of stuff. Cause it's what I grew up with, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm walking on uh,
0: sunshine came up on my Apple music yesterday and I was like, yep. Meant to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, there's certain stuff. Like I, you know, I can't listen to uh, like night moves and Hollywood nights without crying these days, Mm -hmm. you know um, it's just one of those, it's just one of those songs that like my dad used to, it's Bob Seger for those of you who don't know, Mm -hmm. and the silver bullet band. And it's like, that's, you know that was that was that music, and then after my dad passed, like I just threw on some Seeger and I was crying, just be- so it became like it became like a comfort band for me. Yeah. You know, um, and I can't listen to it too often. And there's there's some music that I absolutely cannot listen to for a while. Like I I you know I had a relationship in the past that they were really into the Wood Brothers, and uh, the Wood Brothers are phenomenal. Uh, then we broke up, and I just couldn't listen to them anymore because it reminded me yeah. of that person. And like, I honestly open up until recently, like the past couple of weeks and it had been years, it's probably been six years since I even tried to listen to him and I tried again and I'm like, oh, this doesn't hurt anymore. I can Yay. put that back in the repertoire. Um, well,
0: I did send you, cause I realized in therapy, I was like my, um, my whole, sheath, like my whole, one of the, the things about like how I perceive relationships is that my my dad's favorite album was um talking heads the stop making sense live album yeah we we basically put a hole in that tape and uh we would drive around and i was listening to it one day because i was like um like stop making sense is like that's that's basically like how i'm always like how did i get here like that's always Mm my my whole like how did i get here what am i doing and um, I sent that to you, and you were like, "Nope, can't listen to that right now." And I was like, "No." Yep. Can't. I love I love to, me some Talking listen, Heads. Can you nope. listen to Fiona Apple? Fetch the cu- nope. bolt cutters. Nope. Nope. Ah! I have I have it on vinyl.
1: I ah! mean, look, I'm sure I'll revisit those someday, but it's just like where I'm in the state of mind I'm in. Unfortunately, yeah. those and I know, like it's it's bru- It's honesty with myself because music is such a big part of my life. Yeah. It's just like I know that'll go on the shelf
0: audio file like you are a music ass guy yeah
1: well that's i mean that's why i'm going deep in this question just because i just want to make sure everybody gets a like enough suggestions and ideas to really like utilize music as a higher power if you don't believe in god you can believe in music and music is always there just like a higher power is supposed to be always there you know, but I mean I love the talking heads and I and I love a Fiona Apple. I I have many Talking Heads albums on vinyl. I have that fetch the Bullcutters cutters on vinyl. Just can't do it right now. That's okay. You know? That's all right. That'll um, be fine. I'll send you M- some anime
0: bops and then you'll M- be like, What? <laughs> M
1: Ward is someone I, I got turned on to recently. M. Ward makes a lot of good music. Uh, Mac Miller's last two albums, Circles mm-hmm. and Swimming are phenomenal and it's so sad to listen to Mac Miller uh, you know, po- posthumously. You know, he died of an overdose. Rest in peace, Easy Mac. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, you know, Circles is is the last album that he... Or the last album that was released posthumously by him. And it's just phenomenal. Uh, it's not so much hip-hop. It's more like R&B with a little hip-hop influence. Yeah, uh, There's a... Um, There's a a group called Metaform that does ambient stuff. Love a good Miles Davis. You can do no worse Mm -hmm. than going deep in the Miles Davis catalog. Modest Mouse. um, Phenomenal. Uh, I've been really, 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 really loving this guy named Oliver Tree. Have you heard of Oliver Tree? No. This dude is just like his TikTok is ultra weird and funny. And he's got like this bull haircut and like these crazy glasses. He wears like almost Janko jeans and like a winter coat. And he's just like a beautiful weirdo, and he makes phenomenal music. So check out Oliver Tree. Uh, Life goes okay. on is one of my favorite songs right now by him. Uh, open Mike Eagle is the phenomenal open rapper. Open Mike you...
0: Eagle. Yeah, I hosted might... an open mic where Open Mike Eagle arrived, and yeah. I did not
1: know. Yeah. Um, was it? Was he? Did he? He was uh, uh, one of the co-hosts of that show. I believe it was called The New Negroes on Comedy Central. Yeah. Uh, so open mic eagle very conscious very super clever his album his newest album is called anime trauma divorce uh, hey. and one, and one of my favorite songs on that album is called black mirror episode ruin my marriage um so check <laughs> check out that uh in the bluegrass department i really love the punch brothers uh chris teal is one of the best mandolin players living on this earth right now so listen to the punch brothers it's very orchestral Uh, with like uh, country-ish bluegrassy flavor. So check that out. Um, And then I I mean... Dolly Parton.
0: Get a Dolly Parton on. Get... If you need to cry, you need to listen to Bonnie Raitt Nick of Time album Mm -hmm. like you were my mom in the 90s. (laughs) You are gonna yep. cry, motherfucker! Yeah.
1: nineties, no, nineties, uh, nineties playlists are are, are great uh, of all the genres. I'm not biased. I was just a nineties kid, but like
0: it's yeah, you, know, you
1: can turn them on. Uh, I'm a humongous Warren Zevon fan. Warren oh, Zevon. Yeah. Um, most people don't know Warren Zevon, uh, but they know his songs because he, you know, he was a yes. singer songwriter and performer. But like, um, Werewolves of London. I was just
0: gonna uh, say, well, Dave, you a, are in fact a werewolf of
1: London. So yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> werewolf of London. Um, you know, uh, he he wrote a Warren Zevon. Really makes my heart feel good. Um, the, I love the weekend. I think he's a phenomenal um, uh, singer. Uh, um, uh, like I could just go hip hop forever even some of the mumble rap people want to hit a mumble rap but trippy red is great uh you know I listen to a band called talk where they're like a jammy progressive band t-a-u-k talk mm-hmm. and I would be remiss to say that the grateful dead are one of my favorites I know they're not for everybody uh but the grateful dead you could do no wrong with some late 60s late 70s grateful dead maybe some even 80s I mean I love it all but uh the grateful dead are just comfort food for me I love grateful yeah. dead I love fish uh, but but typically, like I honestly, I don't free listen to as much Fish as one would think. Like I've seen Fish thirty times. I'm going to see them again on Friday. I'm going to see them in Vegas, so they'll make like thirty three times. I've seen them live. Fish is just a band that I've been listening to since I was fifteen because I was a guitar player. Still, yeah. am, and I just I, I've been listening to them for. Uh, Twenty years, and yeah. like they're, they're one of my favorite bands that keep playing. But I don't necessarily like try to cram fish down anybody's throat. Sure, uh, sure. I, I always suggest it to people, but it's like it's kind of it's like it's like, it's like here's this fifteen minute jam. It's like mm, like that's 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 a hard pill to swallow for a lot of regular but people.
0: Sometimes you're in the mood for a long long jam, and sometimes you're not. I uh, yeah. ooh, I want to throw. It is a spooky season, so October in October, we listen to the Damned, ladies and gentlemen. You listen mm-hmm. to the damned. Um, If you're having a, if you're mad at your boss, you know, listen to operation Ivy. you know, like you gotta, you gotta get in there, uh, get them, get them old punk classics. Um, I will be uh, actually playing a punk music festival. Like it's a half punk, half comedy. And I'm really excited to get acquainted with more bands and like, uh, cause I is, cause it's like, I've seen some of the lineup and I have listened to some of the lineup and then some of it is just I've you know had my head in my ass as an adult, so I haven't been current on some of that stuff. So I'm really excited to discover new music. Very excited. So,
1: so much good stuff out there. I really, I really detest anybody who says there's no good new music. It's like you're just lazy as fuck. Go look for it. And I look for love
0: it when people just tell me to listen to something. Because mm-hmm. that that helps. That helps. Because otherwise I'll just listen to the same three songs over and over because I love repetition. So uh so yeah, no, I love it. Dave. We did all the questions. We did all the listener questions for today. We landed the plane. We landed the plane and we landed it strong. Dave could talk about music all day.
1: I could do an hour on my own. <laughs> you could do, you but could do an just,
0: hour on one hour I wanted to give people <laughs>
1: enough back background to just jump in and on their own musical journey. So if you're struggling with a higher power, um, you can use music much like alcohol or drugs. Yeah. Like, if you feel sad and you want to feel happy, you can find that shit. If you're happy and you want to feel sad or if, like, you've just gone through a breakup and you want to just be in your feelings, there's Mm -hmm. a music for that. So I grade A recommend, even if you're not the biggest music person, just try to take a deep dive and, and let your brain go where it needs to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have yourself a good time. And sometimes it's like... Sometimes you want to feel sad. Sometimes you want to, you got your angers, your frustrations. Sometimes you just like, I'm in a dope ass mood and Apple Music wants me to listen to Casey and the Sunshine Band. Okay. <laughs> so it's all good. But Dave, what do you have to plug? What's going on in your life right now?
1: I'm just uh, working, doing the deal. Uh, you can find me on all social medias at Yates Comedy, Y A T E S Comedy, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I've been making some chuds angry on TikTok um i've been doing these little videos i've been doing these little videos about nobody wants to work anymore um that are funny and like it's just bringing out the worst of the worst humans uh and my favorite part of it is like you look like you haven't had a job and you look like you you're just milking off the tea to the government it's like nope fully employed pay all my bills but thanks for playing jack off so if you want to see me uh, own chuds on TikTok. Uh, there's a lot of recovery TikToks on there as well, but TikTok likes to push the videos that make people mad in front of more people. Yeah. I yeah. literally had a guy so mad at me that he goes, "I'm watching your comedy right now, and all you do is yell to make people laugh." And I'm just like, "I literally made you so mad that you're hate watching my shit. Thanks for Stop the views. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Thanks for the views." Know. I love it Mm, 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 mm. Just keep hate watching my shit Drive those numbers up baby And then you can support me directly by ordering hot sauce Ha ha hot sauce dot com Ha ha hot sauce dot com I make delicious hot sauce for the people by the people for the people. Anna, where can people find you? What are you up to? Uh, list, that, list the list the fests. Where are you gonna be? Tell the people the things where they can find you.
0: Yeah. So you're gonna you can first off find me at Annabia's phone on Twitter and Instagram and also uh Um I uh, am currently, oh, here we go. Wow, why is that a link? Um you can find this podcast at all things on social media at 12q pod. Um, I am going to be uh basically, I will be doing fest, fest, fest in Gainesville, Florida from uh, October 29th, October 30th, and then uh, we'll be in Asheville, uh, November 1st, Louisville, uh, November 3rd, Chicago. They're gonna burn you November at the stake 4th. if you
1: say it like that.
0: Wait, Louisville, Louisville, Louisville,
1: Louisville. is very, Louisville, very particular. Louisville. I was just there louisville, they, louisville. I, I mean, tr- trust me there's a louisville in colorado that's spelled exactly the same but the people of louisville they love a good bat they love a good kentucky fried uh, and they love a good get mad at the mispronunciation okay of-
0: louisville. louisville there you Literally. go hey, listen louisville i grew up i i was born in a town called san luis obispo and everyone calls it san luis obispo and i don't give a shit whatever um Chicago, Illinois on November 4th, Minneapolis on November 5th and 6th, Lincoln, Nebraska on uh, November 7th, Omaha, November 8th, Sioux Falls, November 9th, Fort Collins, November 11th, and Denver, November 12th and 13th. And then I will be back falling asleep in a heap. Um, there might be some dates added to that, but that's what's going on there. And, um, uh, what else? That's it. That's it. Rate, review That's this all she podcast. Wrote. Tell your humans. Tell your humans about this nice Send conversation. us more questions. Send We'd us like more to... questions. we was love fun. To answer them. Yeah. And um, how we end this podcast every time is, Dave, if nobody has told you this today, we love you. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And Anna,
1: if no one's told you this today, love you, Anna v. I
0: love you and if you're listening
1: out there in 12 questions land the podcast universe if no one's told you this today we love you everybody love you okay bye i'm gonna take a nap
0: i'm tired bye. <laughs>